Hello, everyone. We have Victor in the house. <laughs> Hi, Victor. How are you doing? Good afternoon, sir. I'm doing very well. Thank you. you. Nice to see you, David. Nice to see you in such nice surroundings as well. Yes, we have we have such a long history of doing projects together. We do. And here we are. Way back in the day. Right. When we were all just a small group trying to climb the mountain. <laughs> and here we are. A maybe bandits. Yeah. Qu quite, a f quite a distance up the mountain now. True. Which is good. It is. It is. So welcome to the Thank studio. You. Thank you very it's much. It's great to have you today. Um, I guess that let's start with an introduction. Uh, would you like to share whatever you feel like sharing about yourself? Go ahead. Sure, sure. Well, for those that know me already, um, I've made this introduction many times in different stages of being with me to talk. And um, essentially, um, I'm, I was born in Ireland, in the north of Ireland, Northern Ireland which of course is part of the UK, so I'm a British passport holder. But being born in Ireland, I can apply and get an Irish passport if I so wish. I haven't, but as I say, so growing up in Ireland... What uh, city was that? In Belfast. Okay, Belfast. Yeah, where they built the Titanic. Oh yeah, <laughs> Belfast. This is where we built the Titanic. And if you ever have an opportunity actually to go to Belfast... You're talking about real Titanic? The real Titanic, really? the I one that went that. down. Oh, yes, it was built in my city. Interesting. And um, uh, Belfast is traditionally a very long standing tradition in shipbuilding, okay. as is the UK, but it's all diminished now. I see. But at that time, it was the number one uh, activity uh, in Belfast. And um, if you ever go there, by the way, you'll see that there is a sign as you go in which says, It was okay when it left here. <laughs> was that you <laughs> did you put the sign no, over there <laughs> someone someone in my family perhaps for okay. sure might have been involved in fact some of my members of my mother's side were in fact involved so, in it so wait a second your family was involved in making the titanic event Yes. Wow. It we was, have really yeah. special people in yeah. Meet to Talk, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, my mother was only a child when she heard the story as well about it. Her uncle tried to get away from uh, Ireland and he stowed away in the Titanic. He hid in the bottom and it left. Wow. Belf yeah. It left Belfast and then it went, it was launched in Belfast where it was built. And then it went down to, I think it was Southampton. Was that your uncle you're talking about right no, now? No, my mother's uncle. Your mother's uncle. Yeah, when he was young, he tried to hide in, we call it stowaway. He yeah. tried to stow away on the Titanic. Wow. So he hid in the hold, hoping he could get to New York. And what happened was, he uh, got as far as Southampton, because that's where they went to load up all of the goods and get most of the passengers to head out for New York. And they found him in in Southampton. So he survived. So yeah, he th they threw. <laughs> Basically, that's a good thing. Yeah. They, they threw him off the boat when they seen him. So the boat went and went down, and he went back to Ireland. And <laughs> honestly, so his, and his mother, of course, was told that Michael is on the ship. So she thought he wow. went down. Can you imagine when he came back, and his mother was seeing him coming up the street? Wow, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, that's Belfast. Oh, can we say that he was the only person who survived Titanic? No, lots of people survived. Okay. Yeah, all the women and children, lots of them. And that's why the guys are going, <laughs> what is about this? You know, all the women and children, <laughs> off you go. <laughs> Guy, stay so where you are. <laughs> children and Michael, your mom's uncle. <laughs> he wasn't on the boat there. 
<laughs> he yes. got thrown off when he was in, nice, uh, nice. in, in uh, Southampton. Lucky guy. Indeed. And so uh, having done my um, studies in mechanical engineering, I decided, as many Irish people do, to leave Ireland and to go elsewhere. And of course, my first port of call would have been England, which is where I went. And I was working with Renault, the French car company there, in London and Paris. What was your job exactly? Well, I started off working with them in a capacity of engineering. And then I realized, which is what I really find a great strength in people, if they have the, what shall we say, the determination, if they're in one position and they feel as though they'd be much more suited in another, that they have the drive sometimes mm -hmm. to make that move. So I moved from that into uh, marketing and uh, promotional work with Renault. And that was exactly what I wanted to do. And it turned out to be the best thing I ever did. So I worked with Renault, traveled with them around the world, and um, eventually resigned actually, because I was headhunted with two other guys from my I company. See. And that other company we went to was not what we thought. So after that, I became a little distraught, a little bit angry with myself for what taking that, that step. What was that other company you were working for? The other company was a company that was working independently uh, outside of the marks. The mm -hmm. marks being all the brand names, Renault, Ford, Vauxhall, or Opel. Still the guys. car sector. It was still in the car sector, but it was an independent. And that was that meant that it didn't have the strength that we thought it did have. I see. All of the brands have the strength of the brand True. behind them. So we missed out on that, and then uh, I went traveling, eventually came living in uh, Turkey in Bodrum. I was then working for a company in Spain doing investment, uh, property investment and uh, business investment, and they wanted me to look at moving to another country, and they offered me Turkey. And I said no. <laughs> <laughs> what when, said, when no. was that? That was like yeah, before that, that was after the second job. Yeah, that was after the traveling. Okay. So a friend of mine who worked with me at Renault, he was had his own business and in investment and in banking. Yeah. And he asked me to work with him. So that's where that came from. So we I said no at first and then I went on holiday to Bodrum. Loved it. What so I'm so curious, what is the what is the connection of, of um, you guys like Bodrum very much? Well, first of all, it's a it's a place when we go to Bodrum, everyone speaks English, which is a benefit to us. I mean, was it was, was it the community moved? No. Or or I, how the, why too many too many people from from uh, Britain from Ireland moved to um, Bodrum? A good question. Historically, many of the British and Irish would traditionally go to Spain. That, okay. Because it's only an hour and a half fly time. True. And the accommodation there and the lifestyle was very attractive. Yeah. But then I think the Spanish uh, tourism system became quite complacent. And they started to up prices, reduce quality in some cases. Mm. And that became noticeable by the British and the Irish. And as an alternative at that time, Turkey was very strong in the market and less expensive than uh, European uh, locations such as Spain. So the Irish and the British decided to take their money and come to Turkey. I see. The only disadvantage was that it was four hour flight time I compared see. to one in 20 minutes. But some people sail and then come around. Sail? 
I don't know how, but I've 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 seen many boat. boats. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, in Bodrum, there's a big uh, fraternity of um, yacht people. Yeah. Uh, top top money earners, let's say. Yeah. And that's always been an attraction to Bodrum, but not so much today. And so when I came to Bodrum, I found it very comfortable. I enjoyed the facilities there. Even in wintertime, it was still something that I could enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that kept me there was meeting my girlfriend who became my wife. I, I want to know more about that, to be honest. So, so tell us, because this is something that we never talked about, I guess. No, we haven't. I know you for years, but we never talk about that. So how did you meet your wife? How did I meet my wife? Again, Turkish lady. Turkish lady, Nur Hanım. So uh, actually meeting my wife is quite a story in itself. I had friends who I used to hang out with in London, Hussein Allen and his wife, uh, Nuriman. And they became good friends of mine. And when I was working here uh, in Bodrum, they came for a holiday. And they were staying in a hotel. I was meeting them for lunch in Kuchukpuk, which is not far from Gundon. And we were having lunch. You know lunch. Bodrum very well. I know Bodrum, Bodrum very well. Very yeah, well. quite well. Yeah. And um, I was living in Bitez and having lunch with my friends. And yeah. I looked across the restaurant and I could see this girl who I thought possibly may have been Italian. That's the thing about a lot of Turkish wow. girls. You know, you can't automatically think that's a Turkish girl. Yeah. I have this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, and I was looking. Diversity of, of yeah, people. Of uh, image. And so um, Nuriman noticed me looking at this girl and she said to me, Vic, you keep looking. I said, yeah, why? I mean, it's nice. she's a nice girl. And she said, I know that girl. She's in my hotel. Every morning she gets up, she goes swimming, 8 a.m., good night and good night and comes back. Every day I see her. I said, that's very nice. But then she gets up off the table and she walks straight across to the girl. I'm going, Nuriman, Nuriman, whoa, 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 whoa. And she's gone. <laughs> she's gone. She's gone. And I'm thinking, I said, Hussein, what the hell's going on? <laughs> What's going on? I want to get so, married. Soon. So, so she's talking and they're talking and Nuriman comes back and she says, Vic, she's from Istanbul and she's flying back tomorrow. So... You know, I said, what did you say? She said, I just said that you were looking and you were finding her attractive. And that. I said, I'm so, and just at that, she got up, Nur got up and left. And I was angry. So I said to Nuriman. You were angry because she left? No, I was angry because I felt the as though I embarrassed yeah, you, her. You felt you were pushed to Yes, this. exactly. I said, Nuriman, please, if you see this girl tomorrow, please apologize to her on my behalf. If I ruined her afternoon or whatever. She contacted me the next day. She said, I met Nur this morning on she was going swimming. And she said that she's not flying until f- nine o'clock tonight. So she'll meet you for coffee. Oh, yeah. How did you feel? Noivis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they say in New York, I was very noivis. <laughs> and so I met for a coffee and I said, where are we meeting? She said, Migros. I said, Migros? She said, yeah, there's a little cafe at Migros, so she wants to be around people because okay. she doesn't know you, really. <laughs> you can't be anyone. Anybody. Yeah. And then a year later, we got married in Bodrum. Wow. Yeah. Wow, very inspiring, very inspiring. Yeah, yeah. So so how did you, I mean, what was the first conversation like, the first date? Well, this also frightened me because when we had the first date, we got to talk a little bit more in detail. So I said, so your name is Nur? And she said, Nur, it's a common name in Turkey. I said, it's a very nice name. What does it mean? She told me light, various things like that. So good. But I just had a relationship with a girl. She was Spanish. And her name was Nuria. (laughs) 
<laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Her name is Nuria. I've been there. I know what Blood wow. is talking about. I tell you guys, this was something for me. My breath went in and my eyebrows went up. <laughs> so she asked me, so I explained to her. I said, I've just finished a relationship in England with Nuria and she's Spanish now, living in Germany, actually. And then I said to her, what is your birth date, by the way? And she said, October 16. The same day. Same day. Day before. Oh, my God. <laughs> before yeah and then when i looked at nur's name i realized i said n-u-r spell it backwards r-u-n off i go <laughs> run <laughs> nice. So, nice oh wow i mean it was such an experience really but wow. she still hang in there she was still with me all the way and um and uh, I love her. She supports so, me. So, so let, let me ask you this, because this is this is a question I, I've been asking myself <laughs> since I'm single for a long time. <laughs> so Keep going, my man. Keep going. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I wanna, at what point you realize that this is my wife? Ah, good question. Um, actually, it was um, not immediately. The attraction was immediate. I okay. mean, I did find her attractive, as I mentioned. But when I got to find out a little bit more about her and her ways of doing things, and it was just a comfortable thing. And I remember the actual moment, because this happens. Uh, for those who have actually fallen in love or find someone special, it's something that happens and it hits you and you realize it. It's different. And it happened in our apartment one afternoon. We were having uh, lunch. We had a great view across to Black Island and on towards Dacha. So it was a beautiful location. Sun was going down. Oh, wow. The wine was going up. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole atmosphere just was so chilled in, you know. And so you, you, you know. So uh, it was just around about that time that I, I asked her to uh, get married, yeah. Did you have a ring prepared? Yeah. Nice. Oh, an engagement ring, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we didn't go for an engagement ring. We just went for the wedding rings. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's, That's it. the nice. only one that matters, nice, really, nice, I guess. Nice. But that also introduced me to some of the characteristics of Turkey. For instance, yeah, I, you know, I was, when I get married, she said to me, you have to go to hospital. I said, what, to go to hospital? <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens after you get married to us. <laughs> you go to hospital more often. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done anything. I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. You can marry me. You, it's okay. And she said, no, 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 no. She said, you have to go and have a blood test. It's compulsory. Oh, yeah. It's mandatory in Turkey. That frightened me because I hadn't had any checks of anything for a long time. <laughs> and I had no idea what may or may not be floating around in my body. I had no idea. And yeah. I was quite confident. But you never can tell. You know, I know, but, right? So she my said... My biggest fear... <laughs> <laughs> she said, uh, go early in the morning because in Bodrum there's only a couple of ho uh, hospitals then. And she said, go early because you'll get in and you'll be able to get it done quickly. So I said, what sort of time? She said, get there about 7.30. So I got there at 7.30. It was cold. The, w the sun was up, but it was in shadow of the, ho of the opening of the hospital. So I was freezing. I had a T-shirt on, shorts. Go in, the guy, and the guy thought I was nervous, but I was freezing, but I was a little nervous as well, actually. <laughs> like Combination. <laughs> and he took my blood and checked everything else, gave me a thumbs up, and everything You're was like, fine. Whew. Yeah, nice. and so I was allowed to be married to a newer. Nice, nice. And then <clears throat> one thing I know about Turkish families is that when you get married to Turkish woman or man, mm. um, you need to meet their family. 
Evet. And, and there's this family, you know, very complicated, deep connections. And yeah. how do you find this this interaction with Turkish families? Well, this was something that I didn't have much of a problem with because our brother, uh, Murad, he's quite internationally uh, aware mm-hmm. and um, quite open-minded about things. And so there was nothing in the family that caused me any concern whatsoever, thankfully. And um, whatever activities, and because she's a psychologist, she has friends who were all in psychiatry or psychology and they could all speak English. So I, I felt very comfortable as well as I was introduced to her friends and family. Nice, nice, was re- nice. And they all spoke English as well. And your family did. When was the first time you told them that I'm marrying a Turkish yes, girl? Yes, that's really wow. And uh, they were very happy for me. But of course, Uh, I wanted them to come over, my sisters, I have two sisters. It wasn't possible because it was, you know, it was like September and they were going back to work and school. But they sent lots of things as well. And, um, but uh, I remember ringing up a mother of a friend of mine in Belfast. And she said to me, oh, Victor, she said, I heard something about you. I said, what did you hear, Jean? <laughs> She said, I heard you married a Turk woman. <laughs> Turk woman. <laughs> this expression, this is Belfast people, you know, they're very bold when they're expressing. Yeah. I said, and I laughed, I said, Turkish lady I'm marrying. Yes, Jean, <laughs> I'm marrying a Turkish lady. Okay, she said, why? <laughs> <laughs> why, Armin, yes. I said, Jean, I'll give you a call tomorrow. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, the call never happened, I they guess. They just, you know, I mean, this is what, one of the things I remember speaking about was when I left to come uh, traveling from Ireland, especially when I was quite young, I left a lot of people behind. Yeah. And uh, uh, they didn't know where I got to. And so I decided a few um, uh, years <laughs> into, uh, into... People didn't know where <laughs> no, you are. <laughs> no. It was like, because I, I was always traveling. I was never based in Ireland. Never yeah. really until I, uh, obviously growing up. But then when I got to be about 19, that was it. I was gone. Like many Irish people, we go everywhere. <laughs> And then when we get there, we always cry about being at home. You know, it's one of our traditions, <laughs> really. And so um, uh, I decided a few years ago to take an Instagram and a Facebook only a few years ago. Why? Because I thought if I make myself available out there, then people might say, ah, this is where he is. And it happened to me mm. in one particular instance, an old girlfriend <laughs> me. in the car. I was driving to Bodrum and my wife was sitting next to me and the phone rings. I tapped it and she said, Victor, this is Joan. Ooh, was it on speaker? On speaker. Oh, wow. And I said to her, Joe, I'm in the car. My wife's here. And she said, okay. She said, where did you go? <laughs> where did you go? She said, um, getting worse. She said, uh, what was it? She said, you're in, you're in Turkey. I said, yeah, I'm in Turkey. And then she asked this question. Um, are you on the run? <laughs> <laughs> are you on the run? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. And Nura's going, what does that mean on the run? What does that mean? Yeah. And I said, it's like a fugitive. Because in, in Ireland, in Ireland, uh, years gone, there were many people who were doing unscrupulous things. And a lot of them would have actually disappeared quickly. And so that was one of the reasons why she couldn't understand why I disappeared so quick. I just <laughs> that gone. Was like a, that was like a Michael Corleone kind of a thing. Yeah. You moved to Sicilia, got married to yeah. an Italian woman. So it was good for me. So, yeah, nice. And then I came to Turkey and, and came from Bodrum up to Istanbul, met Murat, and um, yeah, met you, yes. met Emra, 
Yes, my and, pleasure. And that was like the five years ago. Five years ago. Wow. It's been five years. Amazing. Wow. You know, I joined with my hair. Time flies. Here. <laughs> <laughs> that's you lost what, your this hair. Is, what this, happened to you? <laughs> working <laughs> for me to talk. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so there Good you go. But uh, I I love this type of environment that you guys have put together, and I think it's very useful as well as comical, and as well as being, I think it's a really good thing to do for people to understand others that they work with, and they yeah. meet from time to time. And I think it's a great investment in me to talk to do these sort of podcasts. So I'm wishing you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, one thing I'm curious: How long has it been living in Istanbul? Uh, 10 years now. 10 years. Yeah. Um, why Istanbul? Why did you choose Istanbul? Because my wife, uh, as I mentioned, is a psychologist mm -hmm. and her, her training and everything was here. Yeah. And she was very associated with one of the top American uh, colleges here. Mm -hmm. And when we came back from Bodrum to Istanbul, she didn't want to go anywhere else. And she's very committed. Now she's a clinical psychologist and she can't really move. We can't go to another country because you can't practice psychology in another country, a different uh, culture. Yeah, true. So, 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 so that sort of grounds are here. And I'm happy living here and going down to Bodrum, enjoying the summer down there, enjoying the Mediterranean. You, you mostly spend summers in Bodrum. Yeah, well, yeah, m mostly. But we've been pushing it out a little bit further now recently. And... I enjoy the sun. I mean, I hate the British weather. Did you guys got a vacation house over there? We did, uh, not now, but we are seriously thinking of going back down for mm -hmm. a number of reasons. Recent events, of course, tragic. Yeah. And uh, we've considered about that move. And I suspect that probably by the summer of next year, if not sooner, we may decide to go back down there. Nice. And and permanently stay there. Yvette, yeah. Nice, nice. nice. Perfect, you know. perfect. Now, 10 years in Istanbul, what do you think? How do you see changes of Istanbul? What do you think oh, of the city? Oh, wow. I mean, since I've been here, I've seen the introduction of the Metro bus. I've seen the Marmarai. Oh, it was like 10 years. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. Uh, all of these things, as far as transportation, has been improved dramatically. And the extra bridges and debatably the other airport, which I'm not quite sure is necessary. Because I live quite close to the other old airport, oh, Ataturk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was so convenient. And I liked that. And um, so all of these changes have happened. Transportation has been great. It really has eased moving around the city. Yeah, true. Um, but I do remember Taxim being a much more vibrant place, a place where we'd hang out, a place where we'd meet. That's gone. I'm Taxim afraid. nightlife. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wish it would be back. But uh, this is reflected by many of the people I speak with, the Turkish people and yeah. others who know yeah. the city quite well. Yeah, I heard I heard many stories of Taksim, to be honest. Like mm. in different periods of time in history, Taksim always was the center of center. changes. Yeah. So the, yeah. every change in the country, yeah. you'll see the reflection in Taksim uh, culture and lifestyle. Absolutely. That was the uh, visual focal point of what was happening in uh, the soul of Turkey, I think. Well, someone once said to me, if you look at Ankara, Ankara would be the heart of Turkey. But Istanbul is the soul of Turkey. True. Istanbul, the soul of Turkey. Yeah, that's that. And that th I think that reflected in the activities around Taksim as being the place to be. And um, as I say, unfortunately, it's moved on. Yeah. But Katakoy 
is a nice place. Curico is a new new tech scene, probably we can say. <laughs> that's that's what happened pretty much in New York as well. Uh, Used to be Manhattan. Uh, now I heard a lot of great things about Brooklyn. Everybody's talking about Brooklyn every mm, time. Mm. Businesses move there. I mean, mm. nightlife, art life, mm-hmm. most of the things yeah. move to Brooklyn. I'm not familiar with uh, America, not not New York. I've been to America once, played some golf, came back again. Nice. <laughs> and uh, in, in you Miami, like, you play golf. I do play golf. Yeah. Nice. Great. And that's why being in Bodrum was a big benefit for me, also, because there are two. Then there was only one. Now there are three golf courses. I see. And I miss it. I do. So, and also, of course, I Antalya. totally understand. Yeah. So we'll be down there. Nur will be on the beach. I'll be playing golf. We'll meet up in the bar. We'll have a cocktail. We'll watch the sun go down. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Can I join? Yeah, vet. Okay. Of course. <laughs> tubby, tubby, tubby. And so, don't ask me about my Turkish, please. Don't. <laughs> now I'm like, you know, pushed to ask about your Turkish. How's your Turkish? Not so good. Okay. Not so good. I'm trying. I'm trying. So. It's been a long time you're trying. Long time trying. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like you with your girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, Victor, what's uh, one thing uh, about Istanbul you love the most? Food. Uh, I like the food. The food has changed me completely. My whole cuisine has changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm much more uh, aware of the taste of food since I came to Turkey, especially Istanbul. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things that I find very uh, important. And also, I have to say, there's an element of respect that goes around Turkey and Istanbul from people. For instance, you don't see lots of graffiti everywhere, like European cities. Sometimes they're quite rude. Sometimes they're quite in your face. I mean, apart from the Marmaray, I've seen quite a lot of um, graffiti on the Marmaray, which I enjoy. They don't have Banksy here. No, Banksy's not here. Not at the minute. He's from Bristol, where I used to live, actually. Great guy. And so... um, Do you know him? No. Okay. No. Uh, I don't think many people actually can hang their hat on Banksy. Yeah. He's a bit of an elusive guy. But as I say, uh, that's one of the things that I enjoy. Um, and yeah, courtesy uh, to a great extent is something that you can feel in, in the Turkish culture. You can feel that courtesy and respectability of older people, etc. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that's distinctive, I think, for, I see. for here. I see. Now, one of the things that people come around, ask every time you're working with, you know, Turkish people. And, and every time I, I face this question that, that why do you, why do you guys come to Turkey? I mean, we are all planning to, to move to other places and you move to Turkey. So uh, to, to those people, to those young people who, who are planning to, to leave the country, find other, leave the country, yeah. leave the country. Yeah. And, and find other places to live in Europe, probably. But what, what is it that you can tell them? Because they have this, such a, a perfect picture of paradise, mm. which cannot be real, I guess. No, um, uh, you're right. I mean, I think their objectives and their ideals are, you know, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble because sometimes that's the motivation that takes them to where they got to right, go. Right. And like all life experiences, sometimes you think it's going to be great and it's not. And that's a learning curve. And that takes you somewhere. You think, oh, I thought it would be like this. I thought it would be like that. That's a learning curve. And you make your adoptions. But yeah, to go to other countries, um, I think is still it's still an objective for young people to go for, and it's nothing different. In my own country, we all eventually left. A lot of us went to America a couple of hundred years ago, helped to set that country up. True. And um, 
So for, for young uh, Turkish people and let's say postgraduates, then yeah, I think it's an opportunity to move on and get some reward for their activities of education. Going four years to university, leaving and not having an opportunity here that they deserve. It's not surprising that they want to go and get a reward financially and socially for what they've done. Mm -hmm. And if they can't get it here, they have to try elsewhere. I see. I see. Uh, let me ask you, what is what is going on with Irish drinking culture? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's enjoyable. It is part of our culture. But I mean, um, uh, my background is half Scottish as well as Irish. I have a connection. And between the two of them, we just drink and drink. <laughs> and I mean, we invented whiskey. We'd send it around the world. Yeah. And good from, job, guys. For, really. Good job. And uh, by the way, if you have a Scotch whiskey, it's spelt with a W-H-I-S-K-Y. Yeah. Whereas if you have an Irish whiskey, it's W-H-I-S-K-E-Y. E-Y, yeah. Just thought I'd say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's something. But yeah, from a cultural point of view, uh, you know, you can smell whiskey on people's breath when you're three years old. <laughs> you know, when your father lifts you up, oh, my darling. It's like, oh, Jameson's. <laughs> Hello, this Jameson. Is, this is Jameson's, yeah. <laughs> My favorite is Bush Mills, which is an Irish whiskey. <laughs> and I love it. I love it so much. Black Bush. It's beautiful. But I don't drink it so much because when you start drinking in Ireland, you usually start early teens, 14, 15, yeah. socially. It's that part of your culture. And then once you get to a certain stage, maybe mid-20s, 30s, you realize the impact that alcohol can have. Thank goodness at that early age. Yeah. And it allows you to make more rational decisions on on the intake and the uh, uh, quantity, etc., and that happened to me. So now I'm happy with my wine. And uh, but yeah, if I I'm going back to Ireland in a few weeks, actually taking Nura over there for the first time. And for the I, first time. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've taken her a lot of places, but not to Ireland. And we're going in three weeks, end of April. And nice. um, uh, yeah, she's going to get a surprise. She'll see the situation because I'll be meeting friends and. They're not heavy drinkers, but they've been there through that. Yeah, so we're looking forward <laughs> nice, to that. Nice, nice. Yeah. Last time, I remember, last time we, we drank was, was in Mariam's wedding, I guess. Yeah, yeah, We had cool. a nice drinking night. That was cool, yeah. yeah. And when, when, when Freddie was leaving, unfortunately, oh, yes, that could we were on party. the boat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the wedding was great. Yes, Unbelievable. true. On, on the boat was also, uh, it was really nice. I guess we were there two times on the boat. I was once. I didn't go to the I first see, one. I see. I see. But they see. the first one looked fantastic, also. Nice. So this is the leisure of me to talk. Yeah. Coming to the surface. <laughs> yes. Yes. True. True. Great. Uh, thank you so much for pleasure for, for everything for sharing all pleasure. of these stories. And I'm sure there are more stories that we can talk maybe later on. And who knows? Maybe you'll see Victor doing his <laughs> podcast one day. So we'll see about that. Thank you so much. Again, it's a pleasure, and keep up the good work, guys. Well done. Thank you. See you guys. Please follow us on, on Instagram. Um, listen to us on Spotify. Follow, subscribe on YouTube. Send email info at me to talk cafe. And uh, please comment. Please comment. Comment, yeah. Yeah, comment, guys. <laughs> 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 Take care. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.